0: So let's pray. Hashem, we thank you for your word that you have to speak to our hearts today. We pray that you would give us ears to hear what your Ruach would say. I pray that the word would penetrate through the darkness uh, of Hasatan, through the lies and the bondages. I pray that we would uh, hear your word and that we would be doers of your word. God, that these truths that you have been imparting to us in this series would just grip our hearts. And it would change us, God. I pray that your word would change us today. And I thank you in Yeshua's, tene- in Yeshua's name today. Amen. So today we are continuing our s- series on the 7 I.M. statements of Yeshua found in the book of Yokanan. And last week, Rabbi Michael encouraged us that Yeshua is the resurrection and the life. Who we need to go to when things in our life are not going exactly the way that we want to. And today's statement is found in Yocanon, uh, John chapter 14, verse 6, <coughs> where Yeshua says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I want us to read this verse in its context because context helps us to understand what Yeshua was communicating to his talmidim and what he wants to speak to us. At the end of Yochanan chapter 13, Yeshua and his Talmudim, we're not going to read that chapter, but I want to just tell you what's happened there, We're celebrating what would be their last Pesach meal together. And during that meal, Yeshua revealed that one of them would betray him, and that he was about to leave this earth. The disciples were confused and upset, and as one writer said, the heart's of the disciples were filled with a medley of emotions. They were sad because of the gloomy prospect of Messiah's departure, ashamed because of their own demonstrated selfishness and pride, perplexed because of the prediction that one of their own members would betray the master and that another would deny him and that all would be ensnared because of him. And finally, they were wavering in their faith, probably thinking, how can one who is about to be betrayed be the Messiah? Yet at the same time, this writer went on to say they love this master. They hope against hope. And all of that is implied in the words that start our passage today that God and Yeshua encourages his Talmudim with these words in Yochanan, John chapter 14, verse 1, Let not your hearts be troubled any longer. Or in the complete Jewish Bible, it says, Don't let yourselves be disturbed. Trust in God. And trust in me. In my father's house are many places to live. If there weren't, I would have told you because I am going there to prepare a place for you. Since I am going and preparing a place for you, I will return to take you with me. So that where I am, you may be also. Furthermore, you know where I'm going and you know the way. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're gone going. So how can we know the way? Yeshua said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Often in our lives, we can find ourselves disturbed and troubled, just like the Talmudim in this passage. We can be confused by what is happening, not sure what God is meaning, and wanting reassurance, and this passage is meant to give us exactly that. Even as Evan shared in his Devar Torah, often fear can try to grip our heart because of circumstances that we find ourselves in or because of life around us. So Yeshua starts off by telling us, don't be disturbed. Another way would be, don't be fearful. Don't be agitated, confused, or perplexed. This includes mental, physical, and spiritual aspects of our lives. He's saying, don't be frightened and overwhelmed. That is a good word for us. But we all know that it's not easy to apply when we are in the midst of one of those seasons in life where everything screams to us to hit the panic button, to be upset, and to be unsettled. That is why we need to grab hold of his I am statement in this passage and the others that we have been studying this summer to help us overcome the strong emotions and feelings that we often find ourselves battling. The meaning behind these words is don't let your heart be troubled any longer. You've been upset and concerned about things. But I am telling you, Yeshua says, that you no longer need to worry about those things that have you disturbed. Now, these are not simply empty words of encouragement from Yeshua. They are words that are backed by his character and his nature and who he is. All right? In other words, it's not like one of us coming up and saying, yeah, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. When Yeshua says, you don't have to worry any longer. There's power behind that statement, and we need to grab hold of that this morning. And the second thing Yeshua says, and this is all leading up to the one verse that we're going to be looking at, is to trust in God, Adonai, and to trust in him, Yeshua. This is another principle that we struggle to apply in our lives on a daily basis, when you feel overwhelmed and confused, when you are perplexed and feel fearful, when you're upset and panicked, it is sometimes hard to trust in others. Yeshua understood that the faith of his disciples, his Talmudim, were being tested, and he knew that they were not sure of what was happening, and he knew that he would soon be hanging upon that tree of sacrifice, and that that very act would shake their faith to the core. Yet he knew that through his resurrection... Their faith would be restored and grow stronger. And in the same way, he sees when your faith and mine is being tested by the trials and testings of this journey called life. And yet, as with his Talmudim, he knows that when we turn to him, our faith will be strengthened and renewed as well. Just like that of the Talmudim here in the New Covenant. So three things Yeshua declares today in this verse here. First of all, he says, I am the way. There are two things that I thought of and that I believe this means. First, he is the way to eternal life. As I said earlier, I am grateful that my name is written in the book of life. The angels were rejoicing last Sunday as Lucia's friend prayed to receive Yeshua because her name is now written in the book of life. There is no greater miracle than the the miracle of salvation, that someone is brought out of darkness and into the kingdom of light. And Yeshua is the only way for that to take place. Kepha tells us in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Yeshua told his Talmudim that he was going to the Father, and he was the way that they would get there. There is no other option. Many times people get upset at us as believers when we proclaim this truth, accusing us of being narrow-minded and exclusive. And I want to say, yes, I am narrow-minded. And yes, I believe the gospel message is exclusive in terms of what it will take to reach eternal life. But listen how David Stern, in his commentary on the Jewish New Covenant, explains that exclusivity. Three things. He says, one, the path is open to everyone. There is no name by which you can be saved except through Yeshua. But the good news is, it's open to everyone. Now, how exclusive can that be when everyone has the opportunity? The second thing he said is Yeshua's path sets no precondition except turning from sin to the one true God. In particular, it does not require Gentiles to stop being Gentiles or Jews to stop being Jews. And the third thing he says in his commentary, it's it's God's one true path. It exists. This simply means that rather than complaining about being exclusive, one should profoundly be grateful to God for providing a way out of the sin con- sinful condition that besets every human being. That is why we go out to the streets. That is why we are encouraging you to go and tell and, and encourage your friends and family and coworkers to come and see, because there, this is the reality. There is only one way to eternal life. All roads may lead to Rome, but all roads do not lead to eternal life. Yeshua says, I am the way. He is the way to eternal life. God forbid that we should withhold that truth from others. We should boldly go forth and proclaim who he is as the only way to receive eternal life. The second thing is he is the way through this life. A lot of people are not good at directions. Sometimes someone can write down directions for you on how to get from point A to point B and give it uh, to a dozen people or so, and most people get confused as to what it means uh, and might not end up at point B but at point C. Uh, I've I've been pretty good at uh, directions and navigating. I remember... Growing up, when we would go on trips, of course, we didn't have GPS, but we had maps. And uh, I would sit behind my dad with the map, and I would be the one navigating uh, where we were headed. Of course, my dad already knew where he was going, but he let me think that I was, you know, helping. But some of us don't have a good sense of direction. Or when you're trying to learn something for the first time, or maybe putting together a project for your home, or speaking to someone the other day, you know, uh, directions today are only pictures. They don't have the written out directions, which I like. I like to follow step one, step two, step three, step four. And sometimes when you're looking at the picture, you're trying to figure out which way this, you know... So it can be hard to figure out how to put things together. Sometimes the directions are often lacking. But if you have someone show you the way and walk alongside you from point A to B or say, follow me, and, you know, you keep them in your rearview mirror if you're driving, it makes a big difference. Or someone who takes you through every step of the project telling you, okay, this is the first thing you do, or when you're learning something new for the first time. What a difference it makes. Unfortunately, as my husband mentioned in his message last week, instead of turning to Yeshua through this journey of life, we turn to everything and everyone else. Yet he is the one who truly knows the way and can help us best. When we took the youth to Mexico on a missions trip years ago, we met in California, and you've probably heard this story before. We met another probably around two or 300 youth. And the ministry we were with, they divided us into smaller groups so we could travel across the border inconspicuously. And they gave each group someone to guide us to the camp once we got into Mexico. Where our guide, I believe his name was Jesse... Uh, got us lost, and we ended up at the camp about two hours later than all the other groups. And when we got lost, he said to us, Oh, the day they brought us in to show us the direction, I fell asleep. So he didn't know the direction. And so we ended up driving around, and finally we made our way. But he wasn't a very good guide because he didn't know where he was going. Sometimes we're listening to people who don't know where they're going and who don't know the way through this journey called life. And Yeshua says, I am the way. And he's not just simply showing us the way. He is the way. In fact, in all of these I am statements, they are declarations of who he is. A song we sing here says, Worshiping you as a precious jewel, Lord to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Friends, I want to tell you that that is the point of these I am statements that we have been learning about this summer. That Yeshua should be our all in all. But to many of us, what we are saying with our lives and with our actions is, Yeshua, you're not enough. And because you're not enough, let me go to this person or to this thing to try to find the way out of my situation and, and the way to release and the way to peace and the way to whatever the issue is that you are struggling and trying to work through. But Yeshua says, I'm the way. And when we turn to him, he opens up that roadway in the wilderness for us. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. And how can he do that? Because he is God, and he knows what is best for us. He Think about it. He was the way through the Red Sea. Or he was the way across the Jordan River. He knew the way through the wilderness and into the promised land. And the way he shows us may not be what we expect, but it is always what is best for us. So Yeshua says, I am the way, first to eternal life, and secondly, through this journey called life. The second thing Yeshua says in this passage is, I am the truth. We know that truth can easily be distorted and pushed aside by falsehood. Our society is filled with half-truths, lies, and distortions, which only serve to bring confusion into our lives and to cloud the truth. We know that our circumstances can be manipulated by HaSatan and by our emotions. And we can become spiritually blinded and uncertain of what is real and what is not. And once again, Yeshua says, I am the answer. I am the truth. I am the one you need to turn to. The connotation behind this word truth includes the following two things. Truth is that which has certainty and force. And secondly, it is that on which one can rely. Friends, Yeshua is the embodiment of both of these things. When nothing else in your life is certain, when everything and everyone around you is shifting, when you feel like you don't know where you need to turn, you need the truth that is only found in Yeshua. Amen. He has certainty and he has force. And as Rabbi Michael shared last week, he is the resurrection. He was dead but came to life, and that is power and that is force. He is reliable. You can depend on him. Yet, when, as I said earlier, when things don't go the way that we want, we are ready to bail out on him, just like the Talmudim after Yeshua's death. Again, the whole context, he knew. He said, one of you is going to betray me, one of you is going to deny me, and all of you are going to run, afraid, not knowing what to do after the events that are about to take place. Sometimes we are the same way. We run and try to hide, trying to console ourselves and come up with our own theology to help us go forward. Yet, friends, it is only in him who is the truth that help Can come and freedom to you and me. So if Yeshua is the truth, then everything he says is true. And that's why we must live out the words of the Bible. Often people choose and pick what they like when it comes to the principles of the scriptures. We pick things that will not inconvenience us or upset our lifestyle or others around us. Yet by ignoring the truth, we are deceiving ourselves and missing out on the freedom that we so long for. Friends, our way of life must be determined by the Holy Scriptures. I cannot make decisions based on popular opinions or the trends of the day. I have to live my life in accordance with the truth of Yeshua and his word given to us in the Bible. And if that makes me unpopular and not in with the cool crowd, so be it. I don't think I've ever been in with a cool crowd. But I'm in the crowd that's going to heaven. And that's a pretty cool crowd. But unfortunately, again, this is not the norm for the body of Messiah. Listen to these statistics taken from a survey between 2012 and 2014. According to this survey, only 4 in 10 people who go to a congregation rely on the scriptures and religious teaching determine right from wrong. Nearly half rely on their own common sense and experience. Now, you might have good common sense and all of us have experience, but that cannot trump the truth of God's word. My experience can be opposite of what the Word of God says. It's the Word of God that's true, not my experience. Yet half of people who go to a congregation on a regular basis don't make decisions based on the truth of God's Word. The other thing, not even half who attend a congregation read their Bible outside of the congregation. So not even half of you read your Bible outside of what you read here. If we if we live up to the, this this survey, maybe we're a little bit better, but. So the result, this survey goes on to say, or the article of this, is biblical illiteracy is a staggering decline in belief in traditional biblical doctrines and rampant immorality. For example, one of the foundational doctrines of the biblical faith is that salvation, as I just said, is found in Messiah Yeshua alone. Yet, these two surveys that were combined here shows that as many as 8 in 10 believers who attend mainline congregations think that other religions can lead to God, and four out of ten think that salvation can be achieved by good works. Friends, that's scary. That's scary. He is the truth. His word is the truth. At our breakfast on uh, this past Sunday, I asked a woman, uh, uh, but I said, don't raise your hand. Uh, who reads their Bible on a daily basis, at at least five days a week. Again, according to this survey, not even half of us here today do that. And we can come up with excuses. My life is tough. I'm going through a hard time. And Rena and I were speaking about this last week when I came back from vacation. And And I said, you know, I don't understand, you know, do people think that my life is not tough? Do you think that Rabbi Michael and I don't go through hard times? Friends, sometimes when I look at my circumstances and when I listen to my feelings, I think my life stinks. That's the reality. But that's when I turn to Yeshua, who is the living truth, and I turn to the Word, which is the written truth, to align my feelings and my emotions up to that truth. And if you don't know the truth, and if you're not in the truth, then it's very, very hard for you to overcome emotions and lies that might be bombarding your mind. And because I read the word regularly and have read the word regularly since I was six years old, have memorized the scripture when things are bombarding, I don't even have to open. I can, the scriptures come flooding in my mind that I have read and that I have heard over the years to encourage me. Friends, Yeshua is the truth. He is the living word. The scriptures are the truth, the written word. And the results of a lack of truth are staggering. It brings chaos into our lives, immorality, confusion, loss of purpose, depression, anxiety, stress, conflict, fear, anger, unforgiveness, deception. Are you struggling with any of those things? Then I want to tell you, you're probably not going to the truth. The source of truth, Yeshua. Ultimately, what it does is brings us into bondage. Spiritually, emotionally, and even physically. But that's not what Yeshua wants for us. One writer said, what you believe to be true is important because it will determine how you see life and how you live life. Friends, these Talmidim in in the New Covenant, and when we read into the letters of uh, Rav Shaul, these men and women, they faced trials, they faced persecutions. Their life was not peachy keen, okay? And if you think coming to Yeshua and embracing God means you're not going to have trouble or service in this world, you're wrong. Yeshua says, in this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer because I have overcome this world. And because he has overcome this world, you and I too can overcome the circumstances and things that we are facing. But only if we are focused and connected to him as the truth and the way in our lives. Yeshua says in Yokonan, John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. If you obey what I say, then you are really my Talmudim and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Freedom. That's what truth represents. But when I ignore the truth, all I am doing is pushing myself back into the shackles and back into bondage. The truth will set you free. Who is truth? Yeshua himself. But Rabbi Carol, I want to do things my way. How's it working out for you? Because the problem with doing things our way is it ends up in our own destruction. Anytime I try to do things my way, and I'm like you, I, my flesh rises up on many occasions, and I struggle. As I said, I have many struggles in this journey of life. When we get to heaven, we can sit down and compare notes. And when I try to work those things out on my own way, it doesn't go good. We're told in Mishlei that there's a way that seems right to men, but in the end, it leads to destruction. Freedom doesn't mean, again, the absence of problems or difficulties. But when we accept and live by the truth, we are free from sin and free from the consequence of sin, which is no greater thing. And we are free to live our lives in the light of his presence. And that, my friends, is an awesome, awesome thing. Even in worship today, I guess, is overwhelmed with the sense of God's presence. And when I have been set free because I embrace the truth, I can live and abide in his presence. And the last thing, Yeshua says, I am the life. And Rabbi Michael spoke on this in his message last week on I am the resurrection and the life. So my remarks here will be short, but I just want to encourage you two things that God would have us to grab hold of. First of all, he is the source of eternal life. And I mentioned this earlier when I talked about the way. Again, no other name by which we can be saved. And through our acceptance of Yeshua as our Messiah and Savior, our name is written in the book of life. It is not because of anything you have done. Listen to me. You cannot earn eternal life. You cannot pray hard enough, long enough. You cannot do enough good deeds to get your name written in the book of life. There is only one way to eternal life, and that is through accepting who Yeshua is and what he did on the tree of sacrifice. And because of that, because he died on the tree, because he was buried for three days, because he rose from the dead and is seated at the right hand of God, we have the hope of eternal life through him. Friends, that is something to jump up and down about. That's something to hoop and holler about, as we say in the Midwest. Eternity. That's a long time. Friends, this world is not our home. We are simply passing through. Eternity is forever, and through Yeshua we have the assurance of eternal life. Listen to these two passages from Revelation that describe heaven for us. Chapter 21 verses 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had passed away, and the sea was no longer there, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven from God, prepared like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, God Shekinah is with mankind, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and he himself, God with them, Beit Emmanuel, God with them, will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will no longer be death. There will no longer be mourning, crying, or pain because the old order has passed away. That's what he means when he says, I am life. I am the way, the truth, and life. I am the resurrection and the life, as Rabbi Michael spoke about last week. No more pain. Hallelujah. No more crying. No more mourning. Amen. And then in Revelation chapter 22, verses 3 and 5, no longer will there be any curses because the throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will worship him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. Night will no longer exist, so they will need neither the light or a lamp nor the light of the sun because Adonai God will shine upon them. And they will reign as kings forever and ever. So you may feel like you amount to nothing here, but in heaven you're going to reign as a king forever and ever. Myrna got that. You're going to reign as a king forever and ever. I am the life, he says. Eternal life. And then (coughs) the second aspect, and I close with this, he is also the source of abundant life here on this earth. Yohanan John 10, Ten Yeshua says, I have come to give life and to give it more abundantly. I'm gonna tell you that abundant life doesn't have anything to do with wealth or fame. It doesn't mean lack of problems or struggles, as I said earlier. Abundant life is a life lived in the presence of the King of Kings. And we are told that in his presence, there is joy unspeakable, peace in the midst of the storm, hope in the darkest hour, confidence in the uncertain circumstances that we are facing. That's where I want to be. You sing that song, in his presence, that's where I want to be. Why? Because in his presence, that's what we have, an abundant life. Yeah, we have storms, we have trials, just like everybody else on this earth. Again, it's all part of this journey called life. But the difference between us and those who do not yet know Yeshua is that we have life in him, an abundant life. So that, as Rob Shaul said, it doesn't matter whether I have much or little. That's not the issue. He says, I'm content. I can have a lot, or I can have a little. I'm still content. Why? Because he knew Yeshua as a source of life. And he realized that the, as a source of life, was not about material things. Again, not that God's opposed to, to material things, but life Represents that joy, that peace, that confidence, that hope. So, as I conclude today, I want to encourage you to apply this word to your life. Well, how do I do that, Rabbi Carol? Because I asked myself that. Well, how are they going to apply this word? Well, I think throughout this series, it comes down to one thing, making Yeshua the center of our lives. Whatever you're facing, whatever bad news you may have heard, no matter how loud your feelings are screaming at you, I want to tell you, Yeshua is the truth, is the way, the truth, and the life that will make a difference in you personally and that will affect your journey called life. And you need to focus on him as a center. The center of who you are. It's all about him. Now, my husband would start singing if he's up here, but you only get the words from me. It's all about you, Yeshua. It's not about me. As if you should do things my way, like my way is gonna. It's all about you, Yeshua. And that's what our life should be: all about him. In our homes, I love the Vahofta, and I love that we're doing that on a weekly basis. And you shall talk about them. These things that I am speaking to you, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you lie down, when you get up. These things, these truths of who God is have to be the whole focus of our life. And when you center on Yeshua, your problems get a little smaller. Your pain gets a little lighter. Your circumstances don't look quite that bad. None of it may change, but you have changed and your outlook has changed because you have centered on him, Yeshua, the way, the truth, and the life. Let's stand and close in prayer. Hashem, I thank you for encouraging us today. We sang on Wednesday night, Shem Chagadol, your great name, the name of Yeshua, that your name every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And you have proclaimed very clearly to us today who you are as the way, the truth, and the life. And I pray for each one of us here as we are coming to the end of this series on your I Am statements that through this all we will get it. Get it that it's about keeping you at the center, at the core of our very life. Father, there are many struggles represented here. A lot of issues that each of us are facing in our personal lives and in the world around us, chaos. But God, you want us to experience that freedom you have for us in the midst of even the most difficult of circumstances. You want us to walk with our head held high. You want us to experience joy and peace and hope and certainty. Even though our circumstances may be shaking so God I pray that you would enable each one of us and and God nudge us along because sometimes we're a little stubborn so God give us that little push or reach out and pull us Lord towards you why we wouldn't want to come running to you I don't know God But sometimes we're just overwhelmed by our emotions and our situations and circumstances. So in your mercy and compassion, God, I ask you to reach out with your arm of love and, and draw each one to you, God. And as they come and respond, Lord, may they find that joy, that peace, that freedom that they so long for. thank you in your precious name Amen Let me close with ironic Benediction we thank you so much for joining us here on this Shabbat day if you're here for the first time our ushers will have a gift for you you just turn that card into them and the foyer and they'll give you a gift we are so glad you came to join us and if you you come here every Saturday, we're glad you joined us too. It is good to see all of you here, and we pray that you were ministered to today and that God spoke to your heart. So we close with the ironic benediction. May Adonai bless you and keep you. May Adonai make his face shine on you and show you his favor. May Adonai lift up his face towards you.